Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When this creepy man squeezes a woman's bum in the shopping queue without consent, she decides to take matters into her own hands. Or should I say her own feet? This is r slash pro revenge. He really shouldn't have touched her there. Backstory. This happened quite a few years ago and I just got reminded of it by accident. My girlfriend had a fun story about her sparring session today. The story still makes me cringe when thinking about it. You'll soon see why. So I asked if I could share it with you guys and girls. In my opinion, this is as pro as it gets. Ooh, in contrary to some of my other posts, this one will be short and simple and somewhat uncomfortable for us male readers. My girlfriend and I first met at work. Things clicked a bit, but we never exchanged private info. Unfortunately, we also lost track of each other, but met again at a train station several years later, and we've been dating ever since that day. Every weekend, one of us goes over to the others, and we spend the whole weekend together, sometimes a little more. As one can hopefully imagine, we also do our shopping together. It seems only fair to split the costs a bit, and I'll take shopping with my girlfriend over shopping alone with my earbuds in any day of the week. So, the incidents. It was a normal Friday. My girlfriend came over. I picked her up from the bus station and we decided to go and get some groceries on our way back to my place. We grabbed several things, including the very much needed beer for a Friday evening, and I also treated us to some snacks. When we get to the till, my girlfriend has a surprise for me. I'll pay if you bag up our stuff. Normally we split costs, but sometimes we also do this because why not? I enter the aisle first, then comes the cart, which is pushed by my girlfriend. And when there's enough space, we start unloading the car and place our stuff on the band. The people in front of me pay, grab their stuff and leave. I greet the cashier, take a few steps, and I feel the cart softly getting pushed into me, in hindsight. Then things get really weird. The guy behind my girlfriend suddenly collapses. He lets out a loud oomph moan and nearly doubles over. I'm shocked. When I turn around, I can see him grabbing the till just to keep himself up. Something is not right with that guy. Sir, are you okay? The cashier worriedly asks. And that's when I suddenly start to notice that my girlfriend isn't surprised nor worried in the very least. With an obviously fake look of surprise, at least it looked fake as heck to me, I knew something was up then, she let out a worried, oh dear, I think you must have accidentally hit that pole over there, maybe full force. She said this while pointing to the iron fence which keeps the aisles to the tills separated. But they're so far apart, there's no way that anyone would just hit that and hurt themselves. Both me and the cashier are pretty surprised when she tells us this, but sure enough, the guy behind her now starts coughing, gasps some more, and is obviously in pain somehow. He manages to stutter something in the likes of, Yes, I've been stupid. (coughs) Don't worry, I'm okay. The cashier eventually gets back to ringing up our items. I bag everything, and my girlfriend, the sweetheart that she is, pays for the whole lot. So, what happened? Yeah, that's the first thing I asked as well once we got out of the supermarket while dragging our groceries between us. 
First, she asked me not to get mad. Strange, but okay, I guess? So, as we were unloading the cart, that guy had come behind her really close and thought it was fun to squeeze my girlfriend's behind. That's a very big no-no. My girlfriend does not appreciate people just touching her and she will retaliate if it happens, especially with something like this. Unfortunately for that doofus, my girlfriend is quite experienced with martial arts. It started as a means of self-defense classes, mandated by her father. But because her sister took a really serious interest in the whole thing, the both of them took this way beyond just self-defense. It also didn't help him out that one of his feet touched one of my girlfriend's feet, thus making her fully aware where he was roughly standing behind her. And specifically, after moving her feet, she also realized that his legs were somewhat apart. So she pushed the cart somewhat forwards to cover for her bending over a bit, and then delivered a very quick backwards kick that landed straight between the guy's legs. She then quickly retreated her leg, fake stumbling over something by holding onto the car and pushing it a bit further than normal, and then acted all surprised as if she had no clue as to what just happened. If it wasn't for the fact that we had been quite close for several years already at that time, she would have definitely fooled me as well. And considering the meek reactions of Mr. Creep, I think he got the message somehow. If you ask me, he was lucky that she didn't wear heels that day because trust me, that wouldn't have stopped her first reaction in the very least. Not after that kind of assault. Being a guy myself, ugh, I can't even imagine how bad that must have felt, but it couldn't be good. And guess what? I wouldn't care less either. Screw that guy. Wow. Well, I think I speak for all men when I say that that was very just punishment. There's nothing more painful than a good old kick to the balls, in my opinion. And it was very much deserved. You can't get away with that. And fair play to your girlfriend for standing up for herself and doing that. Very much justified. This guy is a creep. Seriously, who in their right mind just says, oh, I'll just squeeze this person's bum. I'm sorry. Look, it's good enough that she kicked you, but you're lucky you got away without an assault charge because that is disgraceful. Saved my friend's job and burned my creep of a boss. When I was in college some 10 plus years ago, I worked for my university as a resident advisor in a dorm. It was a student job that afforded me a place to live in exchange for managing a floor in one of the student housing buildings on campus. The job itself was fairly basic and consisted of helping students with housing issues, maintaining an office hour Monday to Friday, having a duty weekend once a month, and enforcing university policy. While I initially took the position for the housing, the dorm community aspect ended up being fairly enjoyable. Most of the policies of the university housing were common sense. No loud music after 9pm or running in the building, etc. If someone was found breaking the rules, you tell them to stop and document it in case the issue became a habitual. There were some rule infractions that also came with fines, such as smoking inside or damaging physical property. One of the policies that had a fine attached was getting locked out of your dorm. If you needed to be let back into your dorm, the university would fine you $25, And if you actually lost your key, then you would be charged $500 to recall the door lock. The first year I was an RA, I never charged a student to get back into their dorm. I thought it was a bad policy. As being a poor student myself, I understood what $25 could mean to someone. The building's resident manager, my boss, at that time was about to graduate and didn't care if we charged them to get into their room. And so everything was good. However, in year two, I had my first meeting with the other RAs and our new RM. We will call him Doug. Doug was one of those people who was immediately overly friendly. And because he was a friend, felt like he could come into your personal space. Stuff like touching your shoulders or arms while talking to you. It was in this first meeting that he assigned out all of the master keys for the building. 
He had two keys for each floor, which were inside a zipper binder, along with a key log consisting of the key's serial number and the RA it was assigned to. This will become important later. He gave us each one of the keys and then placed the second on a duty set of keys, which were checked out on the weekend by the pair of RAs on duty. While the university policies for a student losing a key were bad, the policies for an RA losing a master key are worse. If you were to lose a master key, you would be terminated, thus losing your housing and be fined the cost to recore each door on your floor that's $12,000. While we already knew this, I recall how much time Doug specifically spent reiterating this fact to us in this first meeting and how he was no longer responsible for the keys since we now had them. Several weeks into the semester, I'm conducting duty rounds in the building with another RA whom I'm friends with. We'll call her Brittany. Brittany is very smart, assertive, and always a laugh, so I loved working duty with her. This day, however, Brittany seems a bit down. After a bit of prodding, she confides in me that Doug has been making her uncomfortable and that he kept touching her. I believed I understood what she meant because I also disliked how touchy he was and how close he would get to me when we spoke. But that's not what she meant. I talked to her about reporting him, but she didn't want to, presumably since Doug was one of the department's golden boys. Brittany said she'd had enough of him, so she told him off and didn't think it would happen again, but asked me to stick around her anytime he was around. After learning what Brittany told me, I asked another female RA who I was friends with what she thought of Doug. While she didn't claim he'd done anything to her, she did express that she didn't like being alone with him. I decided he was a creep and I became very brief anytime I had to speak with him. I also made sure I would stick around after staff meetings until everyone left and would linger in the office doorway if Doug called one of the girls back. The year goes on and I continue doing my job just as I had the year before. I document major and minor incidents, but I don't ever document letting students back into their dorms. One weekend, I'm on duty and get a notification on the duty pager. Yeah, a pager from a student. I call them and they're locked out on another floor. I grab the duty set keys and head to let them back into their dorm. In the hallway, I run into Doug, who asks what I'm doing. We have a brief exchange. I tell him I'm letting a student into their room and I continue about my way, thinking nothing of it. The following Monday, I'm called into the office. I'm asked about the student I let into his room and how often I have to let people in. I'm honest and I tell him that I never charge the students and I do it several times a month. Apparently, because the students are informed of the policy and their responsibilities when they accept the keys, Doug considers my failure to charge them to be theft from the university. He'd apparently reviewed all of the reports submitted under my user ID and seen that I'd never charged anyone for being let back into their dorm and told me that he was referring me for disciplinary action. The disciplinary action didn't go far, or at least no one higher up ever spoke to me about that situation. For me though, this drew a line that only served to reinforce my opinion of Doug. School continues much as it had. A few months before the end of the year, I am again doing duty rounds with Brittany, who is clearly upset. Apparently, a few nights prior, she had a late night and a few drinks with friends. Early the next morning, a student had awoken her from her drunken stupor because they'd locked themselves out of their dorm. Still half asleep, she grabbed her master key and let the student in. When she returned to her room, instead of putting the key up, she had instead set it on the counter where it had then fallen into the trash. Awake the next day and not realizing what happened, she took her trash to the dumpster and it was gone to the dump 
before she knew what had gone on Britney couldn't afford to lose her job housing and be fined twelve thousand dollars So she was at a complete loss as to what to do after considering the consequences of reporting what had happened and deciding that that was a bad course of action We brainstorm and decide that we need to find a way to make a new key without anyone knowing We didn't have long to act either as each day ran the risk of a random key check by doug The university keys are made on a key blank that are not readily available at local shops Presumably for this exact reason So we scoured the internet looking for a copy and ended up finding one that looked like a match However, the website's picture was just a silhouette of what the keys outline looked like So we weren't 100% sure It was though our best option. So we ordered it Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. A plan was born with our key blank on route We decided that we would take the second master key on the duty set midweek when it's not being used and take it somewhere to make a copy The next problem was once we had a working copy of the key We would still need to find a way to get the key serial number back onto the copy Luckily, Brittany knew someone with hammer stamps we could use to imprint the numbers on the key And I somehow remembered the binder that doug had with the serial numbers written inside Because doug's office was across the hall from his room He could always hear if anyone was in there since Brittany had bad experiences with doug We didn't want him to find her in there alone. So it fell to me I waited till night on one of my duty weekends and go into the office I opened the door as quietly as I could And I snuck in leaving the door only slightly ajar so that no one in the hall could immediately see in I was only halfway through looking for the binder when I heard doug's door open Sure enough doug steps in and asks what i'm doing I know my heart was racing, but I come up with what I thought was a believable lie I told him I had to use the university computer in his office to file an instant report because my laptop wasn't working The lie was good enough and he bought it leaving me alone to continue my search It only took a few minutes before I found the binder and got the key number assigned to Brittany I went ahead and filed a bogus report on a minor infraction in case Doug checked and I was out of there Each day we waited to see if the key blank would arrive The plan hinged on this key and it was exhilarating feeling the plan beginning to come together When it finally came it was a perfect match except for the large key brand stamped across it. There wasn't a way to cover it up and it was too noticeable to pass as a real key. The whole plan seemed to fall apart. We decided we'd still make a copy on this branded blank so that if Brittany needed to use the key, she could do so without being discovered as to not having her master key. Brittany waited till midweek and took the second master key off of the duty set to use to make a copy. Once she had it, we talked over the plan and joked about how nice it would be if we could just change the numbers on the second key to match the serial number of the first. While that seemed like it probably wouldn't work, we decided to look at how many numbers would have to be changed. It was zero. In our first meeting, where Doug had assigned us keys, where he stressed how we would be fined if we lost those keys, 
he had accidentally issued britney his copy we realized we didn't have to do anything else and britney put her master key in her lockbox after two weeks no one had noticed that the duty set was missing a key because we were tired of waiting we had a student pretend to get locked out while britney was in town the responding ra didn't have a clue and was confused why none of the keys worked and they called up doug Doug couldn't seem to get any of the keys to work either and so he called Brittany back to the dorm so that he could use her master key a task in which she was happy to assist when everyone realized a master key was missing the big bosses got involved there was a complete building search a search of dorm rooms and multiple interviews of each RA none of the RAs knew anything but Brittany and I so we feigned ignorance along with everyone else I believe they suspected Brittany initially but when she was able to produce her correct master key their demeanor with her drastically changed the floor got recalled as you would expect they never did figure out where that key had gone and thus couldn't justifiably charge anyone for the incidents we had a meeting where they basically chewed all of us out about keys and the importance of their security While the meeting was for us all, a heavy emphasis was clearly directed towards Doug. Apparently, as part of his position, he was required to keep a key log each day to make sure that the keys on the duty set were accounted for. Unfortunately, he had not been doing so, and there was no way to tell how long the key had been missing. Like he had told me when he wrote me up, this was important since those keys were assigned to him and he had been informed of the policy and his responsibilities when he accepted the keys. Since he was the boss's golden boy, they didn't fire him like we were all warned would happen. Doug did end up getting a substantial fine though. And while I don't know the exact amount, I do know he was incredibly upset about it. The year was almost over and Doug got moved to another building the next year. So I never had much more to do with him. I do know though that he ended up losing his job due to some incident involving another female RA. So not only was Doug a complete jobsworth and just a horrible employee slash colleague to work with, he was also a creep. It's great stuff, isn't it? Now I've got a question for you lot and let me know in the comments down below if you agree with me. I think there is a slim but very likely chance that Doug, the person in the second story, could also have been the same creepy man from the first story now look we're never gonna know and let's be realistic it's almost impossible but who knows it could be the same person doug you are a fiend and i hate you